Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. This is Eric Costas of BCI, and I'm joined by AJ Black today, and uh, we're back. By popular demand, another BCI football podcast. We're going to talk Notre Dame and BC. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit first about that disaster last weekend against Wake Forest. Uh, BC getting throttled by 24 points at home. And uh, uh, just kind of one of the more uglier games in recent memory. And, uh, AJ, are you on the line? All right, well, we'll grab AJ in uh, a moment here. So, recapping the game from last weekend, I mean, where do you even begin? Uh, I, I, I think probably the low light of the game and what kind of determined the outcome ultimately was the turnovers. Uh, BC commits four turnovers, Wake Forest none, and that's what you get, a 24-point blowout. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess the bigger question, and that's what we're going to try and talk about today, is uh, – and I'm bringing in A.J. now to join me. A.J., I guess kind of the bigger question to dissect and uh, try and figure out from that weight game is, is that the BC team like we're kind of – going to kind of see the rest of the year or uh, was it a one week aberration or a little bit of both? I mean, what, what was your takeaway after witnessing that game? I, yeah, Eric, thank you for, uh, hello everyone. That's AJ. Um, I, it's a hard, it's hard to take away a lot from just one game. I worry more so that this is just becoming a trend with BC because it seemed to be a lot of the similar issues that we saw in the NIU game, just magnified because Wake is a better team than NIU. And I I, I think this week we're going to get to see a better example of what BC is is like. You know, Anthony Brown's a young quarterback, and I think we all got really excited after the NIU game about what he's going to be doing. But I think it was a little naive to think that he was going to have a perfect season. He's obviously going to make mistakes. And we saw that clearly last, last week against Wake Forest. Um, the things that worry me that I think are becoming a trend is the, the play of the offensive line, the coaching and play calling um, just not clicking, and the regression of the defense since Don Brown has left. I, I've noticed a lot of – the defense doesn't seem as crisp as it has in past years. I know they struggled a lot last year against better opponents, but I saw it again last week, and I know that they were put in difficult situations with the offense turning the ball over incessantly. But, you know, I, I still I still want to see this defense against – I mean, a halfway decent quarterback, and I think Brandon Wimbush is going to be a good, good um, example of that this weekend. I mean, what's – in your opinion, what – What's the biggest downfall of uh, the defense right now? You know, you did acknowledge a huge downgrade since Don Brown left. Is it coaching? Is it 
talent? Is it a void at certain position or two? You know, what do you kind of identify with? I, I don't know where you're at with it, Eric, but, like, for me, it's a few different things. I noticed that there seems to be some gaps in the talent, the talent pool this year. The linebackers, um, I was expecting more out of what they've been able to, uh, what I expected them to do. Uh, you know, with Ty Schwab and Connor Stahan, you thought, you figured you'd have at least two-thirds of that linebacking core locked down with good to above-average players. Um, and they haven't, they've, they've made plays here and there, but they haven't been as dominant as you've seen with linebackers in the BC, uh, in BC's past. Um, but the thing that worries me the most is you're right. I think I worry about coaching again. It all comes back to coaching with me. Um, gap assignments during option plays still seems to be a sloppy mess. Um, court, uh, uh, Walford had what a 50 yard run on one play last week on an option play. And, you know, we saw that the week before with Zach Allen getting blown up on one. I, I, I put that to coaching. They're just not confident in the in their gap assignments and knowing where to go. Um, and it's not just that, too. It's not just the option play. Again, the the quarterbacks, it's been a, it's been a gripe for BC before Adazio was here. But turning around and looking for the ball, they don't seem to do that. Um, and so I, I worry about some of the just the small technique stuff uh, that coaches should be doing. I don't see it as much with this team as I have, especially when Don Brown was here. Yeah, you hit on some interesting points. Uh, one of the one of the disappointments for me has been the secondary. Um, you know, we've we've heard the last probably year or two, um, Coach Dazio really talk up some of the players back in the secondary about how athletic they are and how much good size they have and. I've seen what he's talking about to a certain extent because I've, I've seen these guys in the secondary hit some guys. I've seen them make some athletic plays. It's just, I think right now they're, and it really have to start on Saturday against Notre Dame. I think, I think the guys in the secondary got to take it to the next level on, you know, making plays and coverage. Cause that's, that's where I see some assignments getting blown and uh, guys just not having great general awareness when they're on the football field. So uh, I don't, I don't know how easily correctable that is, but uh, yeah, they won't get much time to think about it because up next is uh, Notre Dame. One of the games everyone looked forward to all year. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to see uh, on Twitter and stuff that uh, I perhaps am a 16 carat lunatic because I'm predicting BC to beat Notre Dame. So uh, before I kind of make my case, I'll punt it over to you because I have a feeling uh, you very much disagree with me that BC is going to come out with a W. Absolutely. Eric, you know, for the people at home, Eric and I both have day jobs. Obviously, BCI is not what we do for a paycheck. Otherwise, we'd be living in a cardboard box outside of Long Night Stadium. But, you know, so we were trying to figure out timing to do this because we both knew that this conversation was going to be worth it for you, the listeners, to hear about. Because Eric and I come on both. We're completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how we're viewing this game. Um, if you had checked out, and, it, and if you haven't, go check it out. My final thoughts post today, you can see an example of where we're at in terms of our score um, predictions. 
I have BC getting clobbered on Saturday. Um, for me, I, I Notre Dame, I watched them play against Georgia last Saturday night, and they were a physical team up front. Their offense isn't anything great, but I don't think – I, I, I don't think BC's defense is doing a good enough job. They they let Wake Forest do whatever they wanted on offense, and NIU did enough. So I, I, I see Brandon Wimbush as another mobile quarterback that's going to give them fits. But I, the biggest thing for me is the mistakes. I just – I God, I, between the penalties and the turnovers and drop passes and missed tackles, they just make mistake. They just don't seem very disciplined, and that's on the coaching staff. And this is not a team for BC to find that. Um, and so I just I get this gut feeling again that things are going to come unglued, where Brand, uh, Brown's going to make some early turnovers because he's young, and Notre Dame's going to take advantage of it and push it, and that'll be it. Now, Eric, you're on the completely different end of the spectrum. Wait, wait. Before, all... before we get before we get to me, let's let's make it clear. How how bad do you think BC is going to lose to Notre Dame? Uh, I, I'm sorry to anyone out there that's a big BC fan. I know we have some parents of BC players and and maybe former BC players that follow us. I'm sorry, guys. I got BC losing 45 to 10 in this game. I I see. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and to put on top of that, the 10 points are going to come either early, like we're going to get like a quick touchdown and then things will fall apart, or it's going to be a garbage time, like Richard Wilson touchdown with like three minutes left with the Dazio just trying to kill the game. So that's my prediction. Eric, where are you at? All right. Um, so I guess, like I said, I'm one of the crazy ones. Um that has BC winning this game this weekend. So I'll try and make, make my points here and, uh, you know, people can feel free to poke a hole in them, but, you know, for, for as much as we might goof on Adazio from time to time, I, I don't think he's, he's, you know, a total moron when it comes to football or anything like that. And I think, I think he looked at the schedule before the season and, he saw the beginning of the schedule heading into Clemson and he said, you know, I got to be two and one or I got to be three and oh, I mean, there's no way we can be one and two heading into Clemson. So I, 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 I acknowledge that off the bat. And with that being said, you know, NIU was always going to have to be one of those wins. And that, then you have wake and Notre Dame. And I'm not, I'm not saying by any means, like he tried to lose the wake forest game last weekend, but you know, one thing when I, I rewatched the game and I saw is, he did nothing to try and jumpstart the team. You know, no fake punts, no fake field goals, no really trick plays or anything. Like, with all the turnovers, that was a game that really called for something like that. And the fact that he didn't do that leads me to believe um, that he was he's going all in on this Notre Dame game. He, he saved all the, all the trickier, trickery for this game. Um, he, he's going all in. I think deep down, Adazio knows that a two-and-one record with wins over NIU and Notre Dame looks a hell of a lot better than two wins over Wake Forest and NIU. And uh, I just think he's put right or wrong. I think 
I think he's put a lot of a lot of his effort into this game and making sure they get a W. Um, the the other thing is this this Notre Dame team. I think they're worth talking about too because if you look back over this year and last year, this is a team that is one and nine in its last ten games where the game is decided by eight points or less. So essentially in games with, you know, a touchdown and two-point conversion decided by that or less, this team is one and nine. That tells me BC is taking on a pretty fragile opponent that if things don't go their way early or if it's tight late in the game, this Notre Dame team is a team that's going to fold up shop. And, uh, you know, Georgia is a very good team, and I, I, I acknowledge that when I watched them play Notre Dame last weekend. But I don't know. There was just something watching that Notre Dame team execute late in the game last week where, you know, they kind of take on the persona of their leader, Brian Kelly. And I just think the guy melts down and when the game's on the line and he the pressure's getting to him. Um, and I don't know. So that's, that's kind of my two things. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to like to hear your rebuttal, though, after kind of hearing my, my reasoning there. You can tell me if I'm crazy or whatever, but. So I can, I can, Eric, that's, it's, you brought up a lot of interesting points there, and I can, I, I appreciate what you're saying, because I can think of, I'll, I'll give you some ammo for what you, your, your point of view is on this game. So with, especially with Adazio and holding back his bullets for the big moments. Obviously, we can all remember 2014. You, you're, everyone remembers the USC game. But think back to the game before that. They played Pitt on a Friday night at home, and James Conner bludgeoned them to death on a, on a Friday night in front of, on, on ESPN. So that game, BC looked like, like just like the Wake Forest game. It wasn't as lopsided as Wake Forest, but BC looked pretty beaten up in that game. And then they... They they took it out the next week and Dazio pulled out all his stops again and and they had that upset against USC. So that was one example I thought of. And then you just look back to last year. True, BC could not do it against the bigger opponents, but when it came down to that bowl game against Maryland, how many trick plays did Adazio pull out in a game that was pretty important for the team? It was you know he had the half not the halfback pass no it was a halfback pass to, to Tolls right? Yeah. Or yeah, I forget who threw it to him. Was it Davin Jones or something? I forget. But they had that play as well. So you're right. I think there's a point to be made there that Adazio, when when the chips are needed to be down, he'll occasionally bring that out. So you never know there. Um, I I think you all the other point that you bring up is the 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 fragility of of Notre Dame. Um, they played a physical physical game last week. And just like I think USC played Stanford the week before. Oh, you got. Hello? Can you hear me? Go ahead, AJ. You cut out for a minute, so uh, just start over with your, your uh, most recent point there, I think. Uh, did you hear about my point about Pittsburgh? and? Uh... Yeah, we got that part, and then you were transitioning. Okay, so I was going to say um, BC. Um, Notre Dame played a very, very physical game last week against Georgia. USC, the week 
before they came to the Heights, they played, I believe, Stanford in 2014. So two teams that are, you know, they're playing uh, two teams that have played physical uh, opponents the week before. So that puts BC in a good spot. Um, I, you know, I'm jaded. I, I have had to write about crappy BC teams for almost seven years now. So I have a hard time getting up for these games because I always feel like they're going to let me down. But I I appreciate the points that you're bringing up. I just I'm a, I'm always going with the Debbie Downer here to Eric. <laughs> well, I don't I don't blame you. And that that pick game was was interesting. Uh, I I I do have an article that by the time this podcast airs will probably be up on BCI. But I actually make a case, a case and go into a little more depth of why I think BC is going to pull off the upset. And you know I did look back at that pick game which you, you were talking about. Uh, that that 2014 season, those first three games were eerily similar. So the first game of the year was a road game at Foxborough at UMass. And uh, if, if you'll remember that, that was kind of this game that BC kind of sleepwalked through and, you know, kind of kind of won it in the fourth quarter. Um, not, not totally different from going on the road to NIU. NIU, obviously a better opponent than UMass and further away from home, but still, you know, uh, kind of a lower level opponent at FBC takes the road game. And that pit game, um, you know, you talked about it a little bit, but that, that game was a complete disaster and much worse than the 30 to 20 score indicated. Uh, Pitt ran, ended up in that game running for 303 yards of the BC defense. Uh, and that, that, that year was a great BC defense. I mean, they finished second in the nation in rushing defense that year. So that 303 yards they get up on the ground, a complete aberration when you kind of look back on the season. And the other interesting thing from that game, and I don't think a lot of people remember, uh, old friend Tyler Murphy put up a, I don't even have an adjective just for it, just horrendous stat line. He went, 10 for 28, so almost uh, a little over 30% completion percentage, 134 yards passing, one touchdown, and two interceptions. I mean, he was brutal in that game. And I I went back and looked at some stuff on BCI and um, even some stuff on Rivals, and uh, it's pretty funny looking back. People were were calling – I don't know about calling for his head, but – they were actually there was a lot of people questioning if Tyler Murphy was an ACC level quarterback. So, I guess the overall point is, you know, in college football, things can change in a hurry. And uh, uh, and kind of my last thing into my last point, just I think sometimes, you know, we get carried away with the last thing we saw, and that that's probably across all sports. And I think that could be the case here with, with BC. I, I think a lot of people are overreacting to that complete S show last weekend against Wake Forest. And, you know, I, I think, I think we're going to get more uh, even, even keel performance this weekend. So it'll be interesting Two uh, two very opposite opinions we have right here. Um, the question for you is, are you going to the game on Saturday? I actually am. I'm going with uh, our edit, our old editor Joe Grab. I'm gonna go be. Uh, I'm gonna go with him. Uh, my wife has given up her season tickets this year, and Joe was gracious enough um, to take me to the game. So I'll be tailgating ahead of time. Um, I'm gonna be a bit far, um, 
visiting one of our old uh, readers, Claver. I think it's Claver two thousand is his, is his uh, commenter name. Um, always have a good time with him and some of the other guys and girls that uh, go and uh, tailgate there. So I'm going to be doing that, and um, I'm looking forward to it. So Eric, I'm now are you going to issue are you going to issue a public apology for making your drink choice of the game of black and tan? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, I can address that. Um, so, if you if you followed my final thoughts, I had put down. I I thought it was a good idea. Um, I in years past for games against the Irish or games in Dublin, I always picked just Guinness, and I was like, I'm gonna try something different. Personally, myself, I don't really drink a lot of these, but I know they're pretty popular. Um, I I actually host trivia at a Irish bar. Um, where a lot of people drink these, and I always knew them as black and tans. Um, I visited Ireland, and I never ordered them because I just drank Guinness when I was there. But um, apparently a black and tan is um, a, a negative connotation in Irish history, let's just put it that way, um, a, you know, with lots of different things about violence and, and, and persecution and things like that. I had no idea about this until I posted on it and then got about five emails and three Facebook messages within like an hour of my, my post going up. So I apologize. I didn't know. And, um, and I got some snarky, crappy responses too about like how I should know Irish history and whatnot. Listen, dude. Did you not pay attention in your European history class back in high school? I did not take a European history class. I was all in on U.S. history when I was in high school, and I continued it in college. I was actually a history major for three years until I switched over to psychology. Um, and every history class I took was either a focus on, like, a major war, like World War II or Nazi Germany or um, or the American Civil War. I took a ton of history courses. And I, I, I felt bad because I did not mean that to come off wrong, but – Guys, don't rip me for not knowing that. I mean, how many people are going to know that kind of thing? I am. So, I Paul. As, that a 25, <laughs> as someone who's about 25% Irish, I am very offended by your post earlier. <laughs> so I want you to know that. And in the words of Ted Sarandis, you should apologize a thousand times for doing this. <laughs> I feel like I need to do a, um, I don't know if anyone out there is a Howard Stern fan. It's different apologies. I could do the Sal Governale, uh apology. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Um, that was oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, <laughs> or uh, the crackhead Bob. I am sorry. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> what's, that's, what's Joey Grav got on the menu for tomorrow? Um, Joey Grav is not cooking, so he's Thank we're God. visiting Claver's, and usually they have some sort of grill thing so i need to make sure that i chip in as well i might bring if my wife will help me cook it some buffalo chicken dip because i haven't had that this year and without my tail my usual tailgate i kind of miss it um but that's that's what i'd be looking forward to i don't know i feel like since your wife made you give up the season tickets she should at least make you a batch of buffalo yeah but you know what? Near the end, when we were just kind of wrapping up our uh, tailgates and season tickets and everything, it, it got to the point where she's like, you want to go to these damn games, you need to make it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so, I, I don't blame her one bit. Are you going to the game? Uh, I am not going to the game tomorrow, no. I'll be watching, uh, uh, I'll be watching in my 
underwear in the basement just as uh, Pete Cronin pictures me doing. <laughs> nice. Or was it box of briefs? Of, I don't remember which. Speaking of that, did you get a chance to listen to Adazio's, uh, you, uh, not YouTube, Periscope uh, radio show this week? Uh, I, I did tune in a little. Um, to be honest, the audio wasn't the greatest, so I had a hard time. Uh, I had a hard time listening to him, but um, I did you listen? I don't know. Maybe you can give me the clip notes version or something. Yeah. You, Eric, you have the great uh, media savviness in you. Uh, it's it I would have said it sounded like Adazio was um, being interviewed underwater. That's the best I could. I, the best way I could say it. I couldn't hear a, a blessed word he said. The only thing I got out of that was that he was not going with the usual French fry option and was going with salad, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was uh, confirmed confirmed by BC that he was eating a salad there. So uh, that was that was the big takeaway for this week. But uh, I would say either 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 way, either outcome, it's it's going to be interesting on Monday night with Meter. Uh, you know, I'd rather either be puffing his chest out after a big win over Notre Dame, which will be highly entertaining. Um, because he he is he is funny when he does that too when he uh, you know puts the chest out a little and and act, act, acts like the king so I do like that when he does that on the flip side they're uh, interesting for the exact opposite reason when they have a couple bad losses because it gets very awkward on the show and uh, so I'll I'll be tuning in to uh, to meter and uh, uh, coach Dazio this morning no matter what the outcome is. Yeah, definitely. I it's part of my Monday evening routine now. Usually, I'm cooking dinner when I have that going on. Um, <laughs> again, I, I bring up Mrs. Black in this because she, she's a big part of my BC life. But I, I'll be I'll be cooking dinner and I have that going on, and she, she'll come in. And no offense, Adazio, if he's listening, or anyone who likes Adazio, she goes, "Why are you listening to this? I can't stand <laughs> listening to him talk." And I go, I, I know, I, I just, I just got to kind of get through this and hear what he has to say. But it, she gets sentence. so, yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm just like a glutton for punishment that I just keep going through this over and over again. And But anyways, and, well, the other thing I was going to bring up, we brought it up last week. I got to go to the game on Saturday and uh, partake in alumni stadium beer for the first time. Oh, that's right. How's, what's your review of that? So. If you had not gone to the game, I can give you a review of how it works. It's $8 a beer for a Bud Light or a Bud in a can. They're the tall boys, though, so I guess that's okay. And I get, you know, as someone who's gone to Red Sox games and the Garden for different events, $8 doesn't seem terrible. I think it's a decent price point, I guess. (laughs) Um, I mean, when they weren't serving beer, I'm sure half of the people in the stadium have said out loud, like, God, they just got to serve beer. I'd pay ten bucks for one. Like, what are they doing? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's tough I, to complain yeah. about the price. Yeah, I, I can't complain about that. I saw some people bitching and moaning on Twitter and Facebook about it, but I mean, it was that wasn't bad. The the, the tough that stuff that was kind of brutal was uh, when I first went in. I grabbed a couple um, for me and a friend uh, to start the game and there was no line. So that was great. I got in a little early. I wanted to see the, uh, entrance and whatnot. That was great. But by halftime, holy crap, 
I stayed in line and I timed it on my phone. It took me like 28 to 29 minutes to stay in line to get a beer. Um, oh. And BC, it was right after Brown. And I was like, I need this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, you know what? I, I don't, uh, again, I see people bitching and moaning on, on, on the social media about it. It sucked to wait in that line. But I give Jarmond and the in the ops crew a break on this. I mean, he put it together in a couple of weeks, and I, logistically, he'll. Fi- I, I imagine they're going to figure out ways to kind of alleviate that and to spread it out a little bit more so that it's not so bad. In the, in, but like the people that are already like, "Oh, Jarmond doesn't know what the hell he's talking about," like, calm down. <laughs> so, I right. mean, it's easy to complain about everything at BC, but it was it was it, it's a it's a what do they call that? A it's a Beginning promotion that they're trying to do. They're a pilot. That's what I was thinking of. Um, pilot. Pilot promotion that tr- they're trying it out. They're going to have kinks. They'll fix it. Um, and I, we'll see what happens this week. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, if it's the last game of the year and you're still waiting a half hour for a beer, then something's wrong and they haven't figured out how to do it. But first time through, uh, you know, I think you got to take it a little easy on them. We, we rightfully take yep. BC to task on certain things, but uh, I'm not. I'm not sure this one is one of them. I think. I think you got to give them a pass on this one. Exactly, I agree. I hope they. I hope they look into some things. You know, maybe different different spots to for different stands if they need to spread it out. Maybe some. I, I'm a big craft beer person or person, but you know, whatever. I'm just happy it's there. That's a nice addition and. Um, looking forward to see. I, I feel like they're trying to think a little bit more outside the box and trying to, to you know, uh, improve the game experience for fans everywhere. Did you dive into the lobster roll? I ain't touching one of those. <laughs> no offense to BC, I, I, I don't need, to, I don't need to be trying that. Right. How about you? Kind of like you buying... one of those? Uh, I like lobster rolls. I'm not. I'm not sure that I dive into that. I might let some someone else try um, first before I, I dive into the lobster roll. But I could. I asked on Twitter. I couldn't find anyone yet who had tried it. So we'll uh, we'll keep the search going for someone that someone that uh, takes a dive in with the lobster roll this weekend. Um, all right. So uh, Adam, any final thoughts here um, heading into the game on Saturday? Same. Just I I want to see BC play a clean game. I think if they're gonna have any chance of upsetting Notre Dame, the the mistakes have got to cut down. And um, you know you saw the score last week and a little it, it it was very lopsided, but it was all dictated by mistakes that BC made. Um, clean it up, you know, cut down on some of the predictable first play calling. No more John Hillman falling forward for two feet. And I think, you know, if that happens, you know, maybe they have a chance. I don't think it's going to happen, but you know what? The fan part of me still thinks it might. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. All right. And I'm on, I'm on the flip side. I'm calling for uh, Coach Adazio to pull off the big W over Notre Dame. And uh, he will earn himself – a uh, extra large order of chili cheese fries at uh, Jake and Joe's this Monday night for the radio show. Yeah, we'll send so, them an uh, order. 
<laughs> I, I'll, I'll buy him one. Sure. Send it over to him. Um, all right. That wraps things up. Uh, want to thank AJ again for joining me. This is Eric Hostis and, uh, that's it for the podcast this week. We will join you again next week. And uh, as we close out here, I'll leave you with the uh, soothing sounds of Coach Adazio. This is a weekend for dudes and dudettes. I want to see everyone come on down to New York City. There's so many great attractions. Make a long weekend of it. Let's go take in the sights. The Dude Pyre State Building. The Dudenheim Museum. The Dude 2 of Liberty. The Dudefeller Center. And of course, Dude Square. See one of the greatest football contests of the year, BC, Penn State. I want to see all our New York area alumni come out in force. Let's pack Yankee Stadium in maroon and gold. This is the one and only time of year where it's okay to root for the pinstripes.